Glory to God. I told him about J.J. down there in Florida last Sunday. The guy just kind of mellowed out on the last drum beat. And I said, oh, no, we can't do that. J.J. always lets us know we're done. So uh, they'll change it for sure. Hi. How is everybody? Good. Blessed. Happy. Prosperous. Overcoming. Yes. Glory to God. Don't they do a good job up there? I think they do. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Even when I come in town and change all their songs at the very last minute, they still do a good job. Yes, yes, yes. You guys can be seated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love them all. Yes, well, it's good to be here this morning. Let me tell you a couple of things uh, that they were talking about. The cards. Uh, if you haven't filled out one of those cards, I'll explain to you real quickly. Do you remember, anybody in here happened to remember that day called 9-11? Yeah, I remember we happened to be at the Copelands that day. And you know what? They tried to get in touch with everybody about coming together and praying that night. And it was very, very difficult. But if we have everybody's email address or a way that we can text you or contact you immediately, we could immediately, if I'm not believing that will ever, anything like that ever, ever happen again. But it could be something glorious. We could just say, you know what? We want to shout tonight, you know? But we could contact you immediately because it could take a while if we called every secretary in here to call every person in the church, you know. But if we could just send out one quick email, it would it would be able to be done really, really quickly. So uh, that's parts of the reasons for that. So, uh, but if you don't want to give it, you don't have to give it. Uh, but it's a good thing, don't you think? Yeah. And and like Keith said, postage. How many bought a stamp lately? How much does it cost to send an email? See the difference? We're wise people. We are. And then Dave was talking about the HDTV. Somebody actually sewed. The reason he couldn't calculate, we had to take his shoes off, the spats he had on this morning. <laughs> Somebody sewed $20,000 from here. Yes, last week. So that's one of the things. There you go, Dave. Thanks. Dave got thrown into the offering at about five seconds before he walked out here this morning. So uh, that's why he didn't know all of that was going on. But I, I, I pull people in at the very last minute and make them do their jobs differently. So that's a good thing. So, but I have to. It's like I said first service. One time I asked Miss Gloria um, how she did all the things that she did and stayed, you know, the way she was and stuff and didn't know all the things that were going on. Because sometimes Brother Kenneth, is, he's real good at saying, okay, let's go now to another part of the world, you know. And I say, how do you do that? And she says, I just stay really flexible. And she just would go like this, you know. <laughs> and I said, I, I like that. I will use that. And so that's kind of the way I am. When I find out a day before that I'm going to be here instead of there or there instead of here, I just go really flexible, you know. And so that's the way you should stay in your life too, really flexible. Because, you know, it's those kind of trees that don't break. So you'll never break if you stay really, really flexible, right? Glory to God. Well, it's good to be here in Branson, Missouri. Yeah, Dave tells me it's God's country, and it is. I believe it for sure. So, well, I got it on my heart the other day when I found out that I was going to be speaking here a sermon. And um, it's, it's really not, in some effects, a sermon like I, I've really ever done because it's more of a, a reading of the Bible, if you would put it that way, you know. And uh, I found out first service, I mostly read the Bible. So uh, you can pull your Bible out or you can look at it on the screen this morning because, you know, a lot of times I tell you just to put your Bible underneath your chair because I don't usually use it as much as Keith does. But this morning I found out first service, I read the Bible a lot. So uh, um, that's what we'll do in here this morning because I want you to see some things, I think, from God's perspective, and uh, I think you'll understand why I'm doing it that way. But how many of you, the title this morning is called Side Effects. Side Effects. What do you think of when I say that? Drugs, medications, pills, right? So immediately when you think of side effects, you think of well, they gave you this drug, and it has side effects. Okay, it's going to fix this problem and make you feel really good. But you could have blindness. You could have dizziness. You could be lightheaded. You could have numbness of the hands. You could have numbness of the feet. You could have liver problems. You could have heart problems. You could have loss of hearing. You could have... Uh, 
pass out spells. You could have dizzy spells. You could have, even in some cases, could cause death. But your belly's going to feel really good. (laughs) Right? Right. And so that's what it is, side effects. And when I was thinking about what I was going to teach on, the Lord says, that's kind of the way my body has been. It's kind of been that they do whatever makes them feel good regardless of the side effects. Regardless of if they slap this person silly and they go blind and they slap this person, they get dizzy and they knock this one out when they do do what they're going to do and this one gets, you know, blindsided and loses an arm and this one, you know, whatever makes them feel good regardless of the side effects of everybody around them. And that's not how it's supposed to be. And usually the people that get the side effects are the ones closest to them. Got quiet all of a sudden. But it's the truth, right? So let's read some scriptures this morning and we'll go from there. And I don't want to just give you my opinion. I want to tell you what the Bible says, okay? So let's find out, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in the NIV, verse 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we're all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But, in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as you wanted them to be. No, he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And Tom cannot say to Dick, I don't need you. And Mary cannot say to Jane, I don't need you. Right? It might as well be in there that way because that's what it's talking about. And Bob can't say to Susie, I don't need you. And Sally can't say to Mary, I don't need you. And Jim can't say, say to Ed, I don't need you. We're all part of the same body and we're not going to function unless we function together. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat them with special honor. And the parts that are unrepresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Does what we do affect other parts of the body? Does what you do affect other parts of the body? 
Well, you might say, well, nobody even knows who I am hardly as far as the body of Christ is concerned. I'm just a, I just come to church on Sunday. Nobody even knows I exist. Does it matter what I do? Does it matter who I am? Well, the person that it should matter to the most is God. Does it matter to him who you are? And do you exist? And the thing about it is, it does matter to others who you are and that you exist. And people do recognize who you are and that you exist. And we're going to see that even more as we go on. It's like leaders. If we don't do what we're supposed to do, does it affect the people under us? If Keith and I had not done what we were supposed to do, would it affect you? Would it have affected uh, our staff? Would it have affected... Devin and Cassie are sitting there. They were sitting right behind me. Would it have affected you guys had we not have come to Branson? Would it have affected Dave and Kim had we not have come to Branson? Would it have affected different people had we not have been here? Well, your family is the same way. Does it affect people around you what you do? We assume that not so much. But let's find out if that's true or not. I know the other day I was getting ready and my husband, you know how sweet he is, right? Let me just remind you. You know, I've been spending a lot of time, having to spend a lot of time, Keith's been traveling a lot, not just here doing the services, but he's been traveling a lot doing meetings. I think he had a meeting every week this last month, you know. I mean, he was here speaking, and then he'd go out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then he'd come back and speak, and then he'd go out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then he'd go out, and and they were gone pretty much the the whole time. And so, oh, a few months back, um, he bought me two of the cutest puppies you have ever seen. Oh, and they are cute, you know. And um, one of them is a little bitty black one, and one of them is a little white one. And uh, the little black one is the girl, and the little white one is the boy. And he is just the opposite of what you think. He loves to cuddle and loves to be loved, and she is the adventurer and loves to sass. (laughs) And she will talk to you. She'll go, and just bat her little eyes at you, you know. And she will tell you all about it. And if she wants something, she'll come and she'll jump up on the side of the the chair or whatever. And she'll go, and just look you in the face and tell you what she wants. I said, Keith, I think she's telling you something, you know. And, um, but anyway, they get along. They're not brother and sister, but they were born like a week apart. And they get along. It's amazing. They play hide and go seek. He hides from her and she hunts him. Everywhere. And she, she runs 100 miles an hour to catch him. Not really that fast, but really fast. Her little legs are just like, and speeding around trying to find him. And, but the other morning, um, I had given him a, a rawhide thing. Well, actually, he started him on it. <laughs> and he was supposed to be babysitting him for a week while I was here doing something, I think. And he kept him, and I came back, and they were getting... Three treats a day and rawhides and this and that and this and that and this and and um, out the window all the rules, you know. But anyway, they got loved. And so uh, I came back. Now they have to have these rawhides, you know. And uh, so I, they had this rawhide and uh, they always play really good together and they never fight. But this particular moment, they really got into a fight with each other. And uh, so I just picked them both up and held them in my hand, and I took the rawhide away from both of them. It didn't matter to me who was right or who was wrong, or who had it first or who didn't have it first, or if it was his or if it was hers, or what the situation was. I just didn't want them fighting. You get it? And what they didn't know was that I had a whole drawer full of rawhides I could give them. Do you understand? That's who our Father is. 
instantly he showed me that. Do you know we are his kids? They're not my kids, but it was an example he showed me, and he used that to show me. You know the cattle on a thousand hills is his. The silver and gold is his. Every house in the world he has access to. Every building he has access to. Every diamond he has access to. Every piece of clothing he has access to. Every job he has access to. He can move people in and move people out. He can do whatever is necessary. But what he cares about is that his kids get along. The rawhide means nothing to him. He'll give you another rawhide. And you can chew on it all day long. And he'll give you as many as you want for you to chew on. But what he cares about is that you two get along. And he don't care if you were right or he was right. All he cares about is that the two of you were not fighting. And if he's got to remove it from both of you to keep you from fighting, would he do that? Because he don't care about the legalisms of who's right or who's wrong. All he cares about is that we get along. And that's who he is. So, turn with me, if you would, to Philippians. And this is the NIV, so you might want to just look at it on the screen. Some of these, you're better off just looking at on the screen because they're not the King James, and some of you think it's not the Bible. But it is the Bible. (laughs) You know, I don't don't think... um, Never mind, I won't even say that. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, I mean chapter 2, verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded and having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, Consider others better than yourself. Each of you should not look only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Side effects. Don't only look at what's going to benefit you, but when you do it, is it going to benefit him? How is it going to affect the people around you? Let me read it to you from the Message Bible. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, say, I have a heart. heart. Yeah. If you care, then do me a favor. Agree with one another, with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Now, that's not the norm, is it? Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of the status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges and the deity and took on the status of a slave and became human. Now, who did he do that for? Why did he do that? Huh? Do we need to remind ourselves, why did Jesus come? 
to keep you and 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 me from having to go to hell. It's real simple. It's not complicated. He didn't want you and 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 each person in here. Because really, if we took a tally right now of how sweet we were this last week or the week before, and if we did all these things, or if we tried to put ourselves ahead, or if we were selfish, we would be on our knees thanking Jesus. Right? But he did it so that we didn't have to go to hell because of our selfish natures. Right? And that's real easy to forget. So every time you hear one of these things, think about that. He did it because I have been thinking about me. He didn't think about him because I have thought about me. That's why he did it. Are we thankful for that? See how quiet it gets. Because everybody wants to think, you know, I'm, I'm doing right, I'm living right, I'm doing everything right. But just listen to what these things say. And this is who we're supposed to be. This is what we're supposed to be. It's not, it's not that we um, get gold stars when we, we do everything right or we, get, we go to hell when we do everything wrong. It's the representation that we represent to the rest of the people that are around us and how it affects the person that's sitting next to us while we're here. Let's keep reading. Uh, not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges and the deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was incredibly, it was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life, then died a selfless, obedient death, and the worst kind of death, at that, a crucifixion. Because of the obedience, God lifted him high and honored him above any, far beyond anyone or anything ever. Now you say, yeah, I miss it. Sure. Every person in here misses it. That's why he died for us and went to hell for us. Because he knew we was all going to mess up. But in saying that, he gave us the ability to have the grace and the strength and the wisdom not to have to mess up. Not to be the ones that are always saying, okay, I didn't do this right, I didn't do this right, and always having to say, I'm sorry, and always having to repent. He gave us the wisdom to do things differently than what so many are doing. And let's find out about some of the people that did it. When we have side effects of things, it affects people that are closest to us. Say, for instance, if Dave is not doing what he's supposed to be doing, is it affecting Kim? And I did this first service. Okay, say Dave is the head. All right? And he is the head. All right? Then as it comes along, as we said first service, Kim is the neck. All right? Then as we come along, remember this, please. All right? He is the shoulder. Okay? Then we come on down the line and she is the arm. Then we come on down the line and she's the elbow. And we come on down the line and he is the hand. And we come on down the line and he's the leg. And we come on down the line and she's the other leg. And then we come on down the line and she's the foot and he's the other foot. Okay? Well, what if one day Kim gets mad at Dave? How well is her neck going to work? Is she going to be able to swallow? She's going to be able to eat. She's going to be able to do anything with her neck if she's not attached to this head. Huh? What's she going to be able to do? Well, does it matter if he mistreated her? Does she still need to be head attached to him in order to eat? 
Huh? Does it matter if he said something ugly to her? She's still going to need to be attached to him to eat. Or she's going to do what? The side effect is going to be, in some cases, death. Right? Okay, who was the foot down here? All right? Say Becky gets mad at Dave. Maybe Dave ignored her. Maybe he walked right past her and didn't say something to her. Maybe he didn't answer her the way he wanted. Maybe she asked for counseling and he didn't give it to her. Maybe she asked for money and he didn't feel like that was the direction God led us to do. Or I don't know. But maybe she got upset with him. Side effect. Numbness or deadness of the foot. She going to be able to use that foot? It's going to be unattached from the head. Is she going to get what she needs from the head? Is she going to be able to use her foot? Who is going to be hurting the most? The head or the foot? Huh? The whole body. Because he's not going to be able to accomplish what he needs to accomplish without that foot. God's going to say, Dave, go do this. And he's going to say, it's kind of hard to do it without a foot. And what's going to happen is Becky's going to go and talk to Greg and he's going to say, I ain't doing that. He was mean to you. Then you're going to have two of them that are going to be upset and both of the feet are not going to be working now. And how's Dave going to ever accomplish what he's supposed to do without his feet? He can't, can he? Is that happening all over the body of Christ today? Is it happening here with you and this one and this one and this one and this one? All over with people today. Is God saying, you get here and do this, you get here and do this, you get here and do this, and this person's getting upset with this one, and this husband's getting mad at this wife, and this sister's getting mad at this brother, and this brother's getting mad at this sister, and this mom's getting mad at this dad, and and this church member's getting mad at... I mean, it happens naturally and spiritually all the time. And all God is wanting is for his little pups to get along. He could care less about the rawhide. He could care less about the money. He could care less about who's getting the honor. Can God give you honor? Can God exalt you and put you where he wants you to be? Can God put you, can he just remove everybody out of your way and just put you right where he wants you? Can he he just give you all, can he just have somebody walk up to you and give you all the money that you need? How long would it take him? That long to deal with somebody. But who's holding him back? So why would the devil choose to get us all upset one with the other all the time? Get you upset with you and 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 you bitter with you and you bitter with you and you mad at you and you're not talking to you and these people on this side of the room is not talking to these people on this side of the room and these people on this side of the room is not even won't even look at these people on this side of the room. And you're not talking to your mom and you're not talking to your brother and you're not talking to your sister and you're not talking to your cousin and you're not talking to why would he do that? See, what we don't understand is it's not affecting them. It's keeping everything you need from coming to you. Your honor, your blessing, everything you need. Because this is the way that God works. It's just like that rawhide. I didn't care how many rawhides them dogs had. I'd have given them the whole bag. They're so cute, I'd have given them every one of them. And God thinks you're cute too. And and they do dumb things. And they have weed on my floor sometimes. And they have made mistakes. And they have messed up. And they have done done dumb and stupid. And they chewed one of my shoes that cost a bunch of money. And they have done really dumb, stupid things sometimes. But do you think I care? 
All they got to do, all they got to do is come and jump on my leg and go, hmm. <laughs> Isn't that right, Kim? Are they cute? Oh, yes, they, are. they are adorable, aren't they? And they love everybody. I, Davin, get my phone and show him a picture. Dave, get him the code. Show him a picture. Yeah, y'all do it. We won't tell Keith. Y'all want to tell Keith? Y'all want me to find y'all a picture of it? Dave can do it. He knows how to do it. Find the one where they're, they're wrestling over the rope. It's way up in there in the pictures. Playing tug of war over the world. Get to work, Dave. Devin. We won't tell Keith, will we? He'll say, You did not do that. I'll say, Yes, I did. Yes, I did. But God does not care how many times you messed up. He doesn't care that you uh, wrecked your car. He doesn't care that you you did something wrong to somebody. He doesn't care about all those things. He cares about you getting it right and you walking in love with the people. And you getting back in your place in the body. Let's read the next thing. Let's talk about some of the people that their actions affected other people and see if you think it's right. What about Adam and Eve? Did their actions affect just their selfishness? They wanted that fruit. Did that affect anybody? Huh? Okay, did they know the end from the beginning? Did they know it was going to affect anything else? Do we know what we're doing is going to affect down the road? Absolutely not. We just know that now we're going to take this pill. It's going to help our belly. We don't know that our liver is going to be affected and our eyes are going to be affected and our ears are going to be affected and our this is going to be affected. But our belly is going to feel better or that headache is going to go away. Right? Well, it's the same way with this. Okay? What about Noah? Did what he do affect you? You wouldn't even be here without him, right? Wouldn't one of us be here without Noah? And how much ridicule did he take? And how much teasing did he take? Can you take a little teasing? Can you take a few people making fun of you because you serve God? Reckon how much he took. Huh? How to... woo he's whoopee. He's messed up. They're messed up. They go to that church over there where they do that tongue thing. <laughs> and they raise their hands up in the air. I heard they dance over there sometimes. You got to watch that Susan girl. <laughs> she just liable to break out. <laughs> that husband of hers too. Ooh. Are you willing to take it? What if he didn't take it? What would the side effects have been? We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. Now, what about uh, Joseph? Did it affect his family? Did his brothers know how it was going to affect them when he th- they threw him in the pit? Did they know how it was going to affect them when they sold him? No clue. Do you know how it's going to affect you when you treat people the way that you do? Do you know the end result of what it's actually doing to you when you mistreat somebody? Do you know that maybe your finances are on the way, your healing was on the way, your this was on the way, your that was on the way? God's not trying to withhold it from you. But you don't know the end results of what you're doing and how it's affecting you. He didn't know what was happening with him. Their blessing was based upon their brother. And they didn't even know it. Could your blessing be based upon your brother that you mistreated? Huh? Do you know it? We don't know. Okay, what about Ruth and, and Naomi? 
Did they know the end result? Did they know their side effects of them, her going, picking grain up in the field? No. What about Queen Esther? What about her side effects? Did she affect anybody? Huh? Only just a whole nation. What if she wouldn't have stood firm? What if she just said, I just can't do it. It's not my nature. It's not who I am. It's not my ministry, right? Yeah, that's a good one. Not my ministry. I could have said that lots of times. Not my ministry. No, sir, I'm keeping my seat. Yeah, that's my place right over here. (laughs) Whose place is it? Right? You don't know where 10 years down the road is going to lead you if you don't start here. What if she hadn't have gone there to start with? Then she wouldn't have been in that lineup to even get to be before the king. There's so many things that we don't know down the road. And then what about Jonah? Did did those people in that boat know the side effects of taking that man on board? And even them that served other gods looked at him and said, Why did you do that? Why would you be disobedient to your God? What about the side effects about the people around us that we're affecting when we don't do what God tells us to do? Does it affect anybody? Do you have a reason for being here other than eating turkey on Thanksgiving? Hmm? Or going shopping on Black Friday? Huh? Or having kids? Or working a job? What's the point of getting up every day and going to work and making a paycheck? And coming to church on Sunday. Huh? What's, what's our point in being here? God could have created somebody else. God could have done something else. Why are you here? Let's find out. Turn to Romans chapter 12. We're going to read the whole chapter. Y'all got time? Let's do it. They're finding the pictures of the puppies. Y'all pray for Dave. (laughs) Verse 1. And so, dear brothers, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living sacrifice, holy, the kind he can accept. When you think of what he has done for you, what has he done for you? Took your place. Kept you from going to hell to start with. Just the the one thing. Is it too much to ask? Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all that you do and think. Then you will learn from your own experience how his ways will really satisfy you. Now, I asked this in first service, and it appeared that everybody was honest, which is real refreshing. (laughs) How many of you in here have been totally and completely satisfied I mean totally and completely satisfied with everything in your life. Do you know that there is a way to be totally and completely satisfied with your life? And it's by doing what God asks us to do every single day. We do not have to let the devil get the upper hand in our lives. He is not greater than the greater one that lives inside of us. 
our flesh is not stronger than God. He de- our flesh can't win out. It's like Keith has said so many times. It just needs to learn this great, big, huge word. No. Like I have to tell those little puppies. No, you can't chew my nice shoe. You can't do that. So let's keep going. As God's messenger, I will give each of you a warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different work to do. Now, read that part with me. We what? We what? We what? Well, now, that's about 50 people right up in here. Uh, we what? Now, how many is each? So we could pick. Okay, this one does. Skip this one. This one does. Skip these three. This one does. It was skip. What does each mean? If you're in each, raise your hand. Who did that leave out? We each have different to do. What that means is work for the Lord. Okay? So we belong to each other. And each needs all that each way over there in that corner. Somebody over there in that corner, stand up. Way over there in that corner under that exit sign. Stand up. Oh, come on. What you waiting on? Stand up. Okay, they're standing up. Okay, somebody over here on this exit sign, stand up. There you go. Did you know whoever that is in the dark that you can't even see? Can y'all tell who that is over there? Can y'all tell who that is over there? Did you know that person needs that person? Yes. Stand up. Somebody in the back back there, stand up. Okay, they stood up. Did you know you need him? Yes. And did you know, y'all can sit down, that we need everybody in here? We don't know why. Because you know what? We are not as smart as God. And it's really, really, really presumptuous of us. It really is presumptuous of us to think that we're as smart as God and to assume that we don't need that person because we know the end from the beginning. Do we know the end from the beginning? Do we know what 50 years from now holds? Do we know why God has every one of us at Faith Life Church in Branson? Huh? Why? Why did he put you here in 2012, November 25th, Branson, Missouri, of all the places in the world were you born to be here now? Do you think he is a God of coincidence? That he made a mistake. I don't think he did. And I think that there's a reason that we're all here together. And I don't know it, but that guy over there with that plaid shirt on, stand up. On, right after the break here, stand up. Whoever you are, with, next to the young man with the orange shirt. Yeah, you. You look d- down. Stand up. Did you know that was probably my kidney right there? And this guy over here, uh, or the lady right there with the pink shirt on. Stand up. Yeah. You know that's probably my liver right there. And I probably need that. And you know what? Over here, um, somebody over here, stand up. Just keep standing. Stand up over here. Yeah, that's probably my colon and my intestines. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. And I don't want to do without any one of them. Because I sure feel better when all my body parts are working good. 
You, you ever had a part of your body that didn't work very good? How does it make you feel? It works better when all your body parts are working good and everything's in its place and everything's working good. And if, if you got four fingers that are working and, and there are, you know, and this one's not working, is it easier when this one's working? I mean, you can make it work when, you know, you have to if you cut this one real bad. You know, you can, you can make it work, right? Yeah. You can get by. Yeah. But it works better when this one's working too, doesn't it? Makes it a lot easier on you. Well, what about if the body was that way? If you wasn't having to, if we weren't having to do everything without a missing knee or a missing toe or a missing ankle or a missing ear, what if everybody was in his place doing everything that they were supposed to do? Wouldn't it make everybody's job a lot easier? I know around here, you know, there's been times that, you know, we know who's supposed to be in a certain place. And that person leaves. And it takes all we can do to have... I mean, we can do it, but it has taken sometimes six people to fill that person's place. And it just doesn't go as smoothly. I remember one time a couple left, and it took everything Dave and I could do to fill that area up. I remember it. I mean, it was all that we could do to fill their area up and keep it done. Well, thank God they came back. And it just runs just as smooth, just like a clock. We did it. But it wasn't right. And that's the way it is in your life. If things are not right in your life and you're not fellowshipping with the people that God has for you to fellowship with, well, you don't know but what maybe their cousin or their nephew or their aunt or their uncle could be down the road something that you could say to them to keep them from going to hell later on. And if you don't stay exactly where you're supposed to be, they could miss out on that. I don't know the end from the beginning. I'm blonde. You're smarter than me. Some of you ain't got no hair, so you ain't no smarter than me. I mean, at least I'm blonde. I have an excuse. But you see what I'm saying? We don't know the end from the beginning. We all have our parts to play. We don't want to be missing any parts. It's hard enough to do everything that we're supposed to do with everybody in their place and all your body parts. Is it hard enough for you to get up every day and do everything that you're supposed to do when your body's feeling good? What about when something's broke or something's missing? Makes it twice as hard, doesn't it? Let's keep reading. Where were we? Um, verse 6. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Say, I'm an each. And I can do something, well. do something well. Say it again. I'm an each. I'm each. And I can do something well. You got my picture? Okay, show me a picture. <laughs> I'm sure you picked one with you in it. No, I did pick one that I took, but I can't get it up. Okay. That's all we can get right now. Okay, that's good enough. That's my cute little pups. Aren't they cute? The, the, the little black one is the girl, and the little white one is the boy. And they are just adorable, I'm telling you. They're just as cute as they look like they are. So anyways, we'll go on. Y'all don't tell Keith now. I'm showing pictures of my puppies up here. Okay. So uh, it says... um. Um, God has given each of us the ability to do something well. That means you. It doesn't matter how old you are. I told this in first, first service. I thought about Brother Hagen. How many of you, don't, don't tell your age, but are at least around the 60 mark? Yeah. Okay. Think about it. Keep your hand up. Just a minute. Keep, keep your hand up. Now, now, as your hands are up, how many of you would like to today... 
that are at least around the 60 mark, be responsible to go and start a Bible school that's going to reach around the world. You have the energy to do that, and you're ready to go today and bite that off. Huh? All the hands are going down all over the room. (laughs) But what if God said do it? Brother Hagin tells the story about it. He tried to bargain with God. He said, God, have anybody else do it. I'll be the best help you ever saw. He said, I'll be there every day. I'll show up. I'll support him with money. I'll preach for him. I'll do it. God said, I said, you do it. Now, it's that way with us. We have choices to make. Now, what if he would have just said, I don't want to do it. I'm tired and I'm old, God. And I don't want to do it. He could have not done it. I might not be seeing you right now. It's real easy for our flesh to dominate what we want to do and what we don't want to do. But does that make it right? It's real easy for our flesh to get offended or upset at somebody and never have dealings with them again. It's real easy for our flesh to get upset with our spouse or our our kids or something and, and just be mad. It doesn't matter what your flesh wants. You're still supposed to be kind and love them. We don't get the choice of doing what our flesh wants anymore. We get to do what God wants for us to do. Right? Okay, three people get the gold stars for today. Okay, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. So if God has given you ability to prophesy, then prophesy whenever you can, as often as your faith is strong enough to receive a message from God. If your gift is that of serving others, then do what? Serve them well. If you're a teacher... Do a good job of teaching. If you're a preacher, see that your sermons are mealy mouth and don't do any good. I think today's pretty strong, don't y'all? Good, good. I wouldn't want to be disobedient. Strong and helpful. If God has given you money, be generous in helping others with it. If God has given you administrative abilities and put you in charge of the work of others, take the responsibility seriously. Those who offer comfort to the sorrowing should do so with Christian cheer. Don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Stand on the side of good. Love each other with brotherly affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy in your work. But serve the Lord enthusiastically. Be glad for all God is planning for you. Are you glad for what God is planning for you? Be glad for it. Be patient in trouble and prayerful always. When God's children are in need, you be the one to help them out. Right? Or tell somebody else to help them out. You be the one to help them out. Uh, Let's see where we were. Um, And get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner. How many of you had people over for dinner? See? This is the Bible. I didn't write it. And if they need lodging for the night... Give them lodging. And if somebody mistreats you because you're a Christian, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Take them to court and sue them. (laughs) And take all that they have. Because that's the way we witness for God. It doesn't say that, guys. Okay? Um... When others are happy, be happy with them. If they're sad, share their sorrow. Work happily together. You know, it didn't say try to work happily together. 
Don't try to act big. Don't try to get into the good graces of important people. But enjoy the company of ordinary folks. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil for evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honest clear through. Don't quarrel with anyone. Be at peace with everyone just as much as is possible. Dear friends, never avenge yourself. Now that would save a lot of us a lot of trouble. Leave that to God. For he said that he will repay those who deserve it. Don't take the law into your own hands. Instead, feed your enemy if he is hungry. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink, and you will be heaping coals of fire on his head. In other words, he will feel ashamed of himself for what he has done to you. Don't let evil get the upper hand, but conquer evil by doing good. Is that who we are? Do you have that gift and grace in you? It said every person. This is our graces. This is our calling. This is who we are. These are the things that we are supposed to do. You may not be called to stand here and do this, or you may not be called to go on the mission field, or you may not, but you are called to do these things. Right? And it's, if it didn't make it plain enough for you what you're supposed to do, I want to read it to you from the Message Bible. Okay? Are you ready? You might want to do this and put your feet underneath your chair so that the truck doesn't run over them. Okay? <laughs> so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. In other words, you don't have to do it by yourself. Take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Is that what most people are doing? Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its immaturity. God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. That's when you see the good. That's when you feel like you've accomplished what you're supposed to accomplish. In speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you, living then as every one of you does in pure grace, it's important that you do not misrepresent yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us what we are, and what we do for him. In this way, we are like various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole. Do you know you don't even have any meaning unless you're connected with the body as a whole? You ever feel like you don't have any purpose in life? You ever feel like you don't have any meaning in life? Where are you supposed to be connected? What part of the body are you supposed to be connected with? What are you supposed to be doing? The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds out our meaning and function as a part of the body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find out ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts of Christ's body, let's go ahead and be what we're made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. 
If you preach, just preach God's word, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who, deeply, who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. I said this first service. We're from here in the Ozarks. We know what second fiddle is, huh? Okay. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the Master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. In other words, I can't get too mad at Paul and say, he didn't do that right. He comes in, he does something, and I say to his face, good job, good job. Then as soon as he why in the world did he do that? And talk about him as soon as he leaves. Is that really being wise? Who am I hurting? Does he even know it? Huh? It's only hurting myself. And that's what people don't understand. They have constantly been hurting themselves over and over and over again by their actions being bitter or mad or upset with other people it's not hurting them it's hurting themselves let's see um, laugh with your happy friends when they're happy share tears when they're down get along with each other's don't be stuck up we've been trying to work with Dave on that one but Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, God says. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. There should be a lot of lunch buying in here today. Just a thought. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with your goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Now, everybody has a call on them to do things. What is that call? What is our place? I said this first service, and it, it is humorous. You know, uh, we get letters when people don't like something that we say, and so I said, great, you know, write a letter. Write it real plain about how bad you didn't like this. But make sure you deliver it to the one who wrote this. Because I didn't write it. God wrote it. So write, dear God. You know, kids are writing Dear Santa now. So we can write, Dear God, I don't like that you said I had to like my boss. Dear God, I don't like that you said I had to work for you. Dear God, I don't like that you said I had to get along with everybody. Dear God, I don't really care for the fact that you said I had to walk in love. Dear God, I don't really like the point that you said, I am a part of a body, that I'm not a lone wolf, that I have to get along with everybody and do and share. I have to share my rawhide, and I don't really care for that. (laughs) It's not who I am. I like things of my very own, and I don't like anyone touching it, God. It's not who I am, dear God. 
just sit down and write him a letter and tell him just how you feel and see how he responds. How do you think he'll respond? Get your little britches over it, sissy. (laughs) Grow up. You know? No, he loves us. And he does it because it's only hurting us. We all have our gifts. We all have our graces. And we're all here for a purpose, guys. We all have a call in our lives to minister for him. And we all have things that we are supposed to be doing. And what the devil has done is he has kept us at level one. Brother Hagin used to say this all time, all the time. Most people never enter into the first phase of their ministry. And the reason that they don't enter into the first phase of their ministry is because they're unwilling to do what it takes to get to the first phase of their ministry. They're unwilling to put their flesh under. He used to say this all the time. He said they're unwilling to do what it takes to get to the first phase to even see and find out what the first phase of their ministry is. Because before first phase is flesh under. And most of us don't like it. Because it means dying to ourselves and the way that we do things and the way that we like things. And it means we actually have to get along with each other. And what parent in here, how many parents are in here? What is your greatest joy? See everybody get along. We just had Thanksgiving. Isn't that your greatest joy is to see everybody sit at the table and enjoy a nice, quiet meal and be thankful for everything and everybody getting along and nobody fighting and everybody happy. You're not having to fix this situation or not having to fix this situation and this one's not fighting and that one's not fighting and everybody is genuinely happy from the bottom of their heart. That's our Father's joy. And that's what He wants for us. And that's why He would tell us these things. Not to hurt us. Because He genuinely wants us happy. He genuinely wants us fulfilled. He genuinely wants us victorious. Stand to your feet.